Welcome to Let's Connect. My name is Keith McPherson, and I'm so glad you've decided to join me for this next episode. Today on the podcast, I'm joined by Vanessa McDonald, who is the creator of what is called The Brave Journal. She is a courage creator, and she has so much wisdom to share with us today about how to follow your life purpose and break through any fear that's been holding you back. So sit back, relax, and let's connect. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of Let's Connect. I hope this finds you well wherever you are. I'm sitting in Winnipeg today, and the snow is slowly starting to melt. It looks like spring is on the way, and I'm feeling quite optimistic at the moment. It's been a, uh, a great week. I'm starting to get some new guests on the podcast, and um, it's, it's just a really, really nice time of year to start thinking about new beginnings. This week, as we think about new beginnings... Um, I've got Vanessa McDonald here on the program. I learned about Vanessa's work through a friend of mine who has been going through a program, a coaching program called CTI, the Coaching Training Institute. I think they just rebranded their name to the Coactive Institute, but it's uh, where I did my coach training back in the day, and they're just an incredible organization. And my friend's been going through the CTI program and met Vanessa, who's also going through the program currently. And he learned about a project called the Brave Journal that she had uh, been putting together. And he came back to Winnipeg. For, he was in Toronto for the training. And he came back. He said, Keith, you've got to meet this girl, Vanessa. She is doing some amazing things in the world. And uh, so I contacted Vanessa. She sent me a copy of what she calls the Brave Journal that she's um, put together. And as soon as this arrived in the mail, I, I opened it up and I thought, oh, my goodness, this is perfectly on time. She has put together this incredible journal uh, project. It's somewhat like a little book. And in it, it takes you through a process of discovering what your purpose is and how to move into a place of uh, courage and how to move towards what it is that life is calling you towards. I think so many of us uh, easily check out and get into that place of mediocrity where we, um, we hang out in our safety zones or what's familiar or regular patterns. And it's, it takes a lot of courage, especially in our world today, um, to look at what is life actually calling me towards? And am I living on purpose? And, and what is next? And what am I dreaming about? And I just love that Vanessa has helped put together uh, a framework. It's almost like holding a coach in my hand right now, the brave journal as I hold it here, to, to help us move through this process of uh, conquering our fear and going towards what it is we really want. So we're going to have a conversation with Vanessa today all about uh, some of her story and also about some of her uh, wisdom on how it's to, to move towards our life purpose. So without further ado, I'd like to in invite you to sit back and take in these wonderful words from Vanessa McDonald here on Let's Connect. Okay, well, joining me um, from Toronto, I believe, or from Ontario, somewhere in Ontario, Vanessa McDonald's here. Thanks for joining us on Let's Connect. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm uh, so intrigued by the work that you've been doing and the Brave Journal and the Courage Creator, and it just sounds like you've been really living your life to the fullest degree. <laughs> <laughs> So Thank I, you, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah, so take me back to the beginning of all this. I mean, how do you move into a place of being a courage creator? How did that all start for you? So I think you um, 
you often your mess becomes your message is probably the best way to describe the story of the brave journal and then the business that i created which is called courage creator uh, or that uh, is where the journal sold through but basically what happened a couple years ago i turned 40 and about a month after my birthday i was kind of reflecting on um just i had spent my 20s being very brave. I lived and traveled in different countries. And I just, I felt like I went after the things that were on my heart without any um, fear. And then as you get older, you start to, to work hard and you get locked into things like mortgages. And I noticed my life getting smaller and smaller. And just every decision had a, a second decision around it and always a reason not to do it. And I start to get really frustrated with myself. And I think the big birthday uh, of uh, like a 40th makes you reflect on where you are at this point in your life. And all that happened for me was I was frustrated and sat down and wrote, why can't you be brave? And I swear what ended up happening is the whole flow of the journal came out of that question. Wow. And, um, and that was it. Like it was just, I wrote it and then I kind of wrote down what did I, it was very much what I did in my twenties. Like this is, this is how I did it before. Why can't you do it again? Yeah. And the book kind of flowed out very easily. That's amazing. Uh, yeah, it was it was one of those experiences of flow. I'd read about it, and, and but I hadn't actually experienced it myself of just the idea almost didn't feel like it belongs to me. It kind of just, I wrote it, and that was it. And I promptly wrote it and stuck it in a drawer and had major imposter syndrome, like, who are you to talk about bravery? You're not Malala. You've had a good <laughs> life. Like I just, I was like, I can't do this. Wow. Um, yeah, <laughs> so that, that's how the book came about. What's intriguing to me is the fact that um, early on in your life, you were living from a place of courage, just like naturally, it sounds like, or it was more just in that flow. And then something shifted. Who, who yeah. inspired you like initially to be in that place of bravery and courage and going after your dreams? I think I have parents who have been very clear on, on their goals, who, um, who moved us to Canada. I have this special distinction of having immigrated to Canada three times uh, in my life, twice with my family and once with myself through myself uh, about eight years ago. And I, I think they definitely are um, trailblazers in that way. Um, but I, I also have had an innate inner sense of clarity always. Like if I want to do something, I will go after it. I was very clear on the university I want to go to. And I went to U of T. That was the school for me. Um, and I knew I wanted to live in London and Paris, and I did. I found a way to make that happen. And I think, to be really honest, I think I stopped dreaming. After I hit those things early, I just kind of follow, started to follow other paths. And it's all fine, and I think many of us do, especially in careers. You, you know, fall into something, and then you are you know, working up different ladders and title structures, and it's all fine, but it wasn't my dream anymore. So I think I just got a little bit lost, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And and what, what was the career that you were in when all of this kind of shifted? So I, um, it, it, I think many of us have stories like this. I fell into PR. I was living in Paris and I met an American woman living there. I was just needed some work experience and I really wanted to find a way to stay. And um, I started to help her. She helped me get a job in London. And literally 17 years later, um, I have had a career in PR and marketing, and if anyone who has been in agency or even in-house roles in, in that field will understand, it's there's about 10,000 levels between the intern and the executive vice president mm. level. So it becomes like Tetris, you know, you're like, oh, I got to do this and that, and if I play the rules, I can go up. And 
I was really, really good at playing the rules. I moved very quickly up to a very senior position and I liked it. It's creative work. You get to work with teens. Um, there's, I, I, don't, I didn't leave the career because I hated it. I uh, started to just question what next because what actually happened just, I would say, maybe three, three or four years ago, um, I had hit a, uh, the EVP level. And that's you know a very nice senior title. It comes with all the financial recognition and all of that. But as soon as I got there, I started to question how, why, whose rules were these that I was following, and and what am I doing at this level? Uh, am I helping people? I I just I think what I had enjoyed was the climb mm. and the growth associated with it. But when I actually got to that top in quotations, I just started to question what I was doing and. It was really that that began this process of self-development um, and uh, a deep dive into this different explorations of who I am now as an adult, which I think I've probably been doing for the better part of the last eight years. And, and that kind of culminated with this finally, this frustration moment of the Brave Journal uh, wow. being written out. Wow. You're, you're describing a scenario that I think is very common for people. And I'm just, I'm hearing your full story as we're, we're talking and I'm listening. And just this idea that we're born into the world with this soul and this creative presence and sort of this life purpose. And then it's hearing what happened to you. It's like, it's so easy. And I think so many of us get hooked in the, the outer conditions of the world, thinking we need to climb the ladder, make a lot of money, be successful in the eyes of everybody else around us, but at at what cost? And it sounds like, and what I'm so appreciative about you is that you didn't, you didn't conform after you noticed it's like, at what cost that the cost of our sole purpose, (laughs) you know? Yeah. It's, you know, I think what happened is once I saw it, I couldn't unsee it. And Mm. so, you know, I did um, write the journal and stick it in a drawer because I, I did think, it's uncomfortable when you realize you're going to have to change your whole life. And that's, I think for me, what happened is, okay, I, I need to do something now. I, I, this is no longer working. It worked for a time. It doesn't work now. And the other piece of it is, especially with careers like that is you are taking up space of someone who maybe wants to be in that role mm. and you belong somewhere else. And I think that the, all of these thoughts started to come to me and just make me think, you know, what, what is next? And I didn't have the answer. I just knew that it wasn't where I was any longer. What were what were some of the signs like that 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 when that started happening that you were like, this isn't where I'm supposed to be? What was taking place? That, that Sunday night feeling that it's just uh, you know I was starting to have a dread of work. I was starting to just feel a little bit. To be honest, one of the one of the big signs for me was I noticed I started to purchase things more. Mm. I was never particularly big um, spender, but I would buy to make me feel better and to justify the fact that I was working so hard. So I bought a lot of crap and I started to <laughs> notice, like, why Why do you need these silly things? Because you, it, it just like it was almost like a consumer response. And if you, you know, go up 50,000 feet, it, it's actually a larger societal response too. When people are unhappy, we're buying things we don't need to make us feel better about the lives we don't want to live. Like that's, it became so obvious to me this pattern and I started to just notice, um, you know, honestly, the question like, whose life are you living? Is this really what you were meant to do? It just, in my gut, it just felt wrong. And wow. that, that was, it, I, I couldn't ignore that feeling. Right. 
Wow. So when you decided to leave this job that you were in, how did that all work? Like, I mean, that's a pretty bold thing to just all of a sudden say, I'm done. Like, was it just a, a sudden quit? Yeah, no, it wasn't. Um, I, I have had experience of, of, of that uh, in the past. Uh-huh. Um, uh, but uh, in this case, I, uh, I actually just, it was more of a slower burn. Um, and I think as we get older, we realize that we the the dramatic moment of walking out with a trombone behind me, singing like you know as much as I would have loved to do that. I, it wasn't um, it wasn't really the case. It, it was more once I, I got the book um, writ, I wrote, I ended up writing it. I yeah. kind of researched, had it published, and there was, what's ended up happening is I sell it through Shopify. Brave Journal uh, is available, and I had people contacting me saying, you know this process that you outlined, do you do coaching around it? Wow. And my, my first response was like, I can't coach. I was in a role. And to, to be honest, one of the things I shouldn't, I should clarify is that I did leave the PR role, but I went into a, a different kind of marketing role and I actually really loved it. Hmm. Um, and it was just a little bit, not as busy as the agency life, which is, you know, billing 70 plus hours a week. So I was able to breathe. I was able to produce the journal because I had, so when the journal was actually, um, in live, I was in what a more of a a role that had a bit more management, um, manageable, um, time around it. But this other life that I had set the steps in with the journal started to keep knocking on the door and it started with people coaching and it was it wasn't one or two. It was several of them. Mm. Um, and I don't know. I just, I had this reaction, this visceral reaction at first going, I can't coach. I'm not, you know, I'm not qualified and all of the reasons why we tell ourselves no, but when something happens and it keeps happening to you, you've got to read the signs. And the signs for me were like, this is the next thing. Hmm. So let's let's go into this. I, I know a lot of people listening are just learning about this project of yours called the Brave Journal, and mm-hmm. you. Um, I'm so grateful you sent me a copy in advance of this. I just want to describe it because I'm holding it here in my hands. It's this this blue little journal book, and on the front in gold it says Brave Journal. And when I open it up, there's like all these incredible quotes, and there's a lot of um, places like probing questions and places to. Um, ask yourself questions that you might not normally. And just to quote out of here, it says, if you find yourself stuck at this moment, this brave journal is a guide to navigate you back to your vision for a life well-lived. And you talk about it being based on the principles of universal law meaning. And I I just, I want to hear just how, how does this just drop into your lap that you're creating this? It's amazing. Well, I'm telling you that the experience of writing the journal was this experience of flow where I, the words just came. It was easy to write. I, because I had the, the day job, I would get up in the morning, literally walk the dog and then sit and write for a couple hours. Mm. Uh, and it was easy to get up at five and write. Like I, it was just a joy to do. And it was what I realized it was almost the intention was never to, I'm going to get up and write a book. It was that I'm going to get up and start moving out of my comfort zone again, start to feel alive. Mm. So this was the process that I took um, in my 20s. I know works and I've just taken again to um, build this business full time and launched the practice full time because Brave Journal was originally just a product that I was selling online. But then um, I think it's hitting where many of us are, especially in this mid-career space where we start to question why and what happens next. And okay, in my case, 
just t- having turned 40 a couple of years ago, what does 50 look like? And mm. do I want to just stumble there or do I want to have a conscious plan to get there? And if I do, what does that look like? Right. So each of these questions are really to get someone to start to be a bit more conscious about their um, where they're stepping and where they're going in their next phase. It reminds me kind of like having a coach <laughs> in your journal that's like probing you to to deepen and reflect and get clear on who you are and what you want. That's kind of what I've experienced so far just going through this process. Um, Thank you. I mean, with it, I think in many ways uh, the coaching thing has been funny because it, it is just this process of asking powerful questions to someone and trusting that they have the answers. Yes. Uh, and that's very much what the journal was intended to do because that was how I wrote it for myself. And then when I took it out and adapted it, I believe that's still true for every one of us. We don't, we know we have the answer. We just need uh, someone to maybe prompt it out of us. Mm. You know, what's fascinating to me too is the fact that um, the the journal came to you in a very similar way that my book got written where I uh, started. I had a writing practice in the morning, very similar. Mm-hmm. And one day it just started kind of dawning on me, oh, this is going to be a book. And I'm curious if you felt the same kind of resistance I did. Like when I first got the cue, I was writing a book. I didn't want to go back to my journal. I was like, I'm done. I, this is freaking me out. What, what was your experience of, it, of that? Oh, like? 100%. I literally wrote it and put it in a drawer and then was like, no. I actually, <laughs> the idea came to me in July and I think it wasn't until about October that I ended up sending it to manufacture. And the only reason I did was because I had a friend who had just left her in the marketing industry as well and had gone and started a, a, a small and independent shop in downtown Toronto. And um, she, I told her that I had this idea and then I sent her the draft in word and she said, this is great. And if you go and print it, you can sell it in my store. So <laughs> the reason the book is blue is because that was her brand logo. She has, um, a, uh, a, a sauna called do sweat house in, in Toronto. And that's, it's, this is the logo colors. And, and that is why it was because someone gave me the permission to put it out through the world. Wow. That I did. So how do you get it? from this phase of like it being in your desk and you're avoiding it to coming back to the page to finishing this project? Like, how did that work for you? I had the, the security of a friend telling me the accountability of, of this friend saying, you know, it's going to be okay and do it. And, and then I did the, the math and went, you know what, this is the investment. Would you, what do you have to, uh, to lose? Mm-hmm. And I had the third thing, which was the stomach gut kind of just, a nagging pain that would not leave me alone until I press send uh, to money that went over to the manufacturer in China, which is where it was printed. Mm. And it was sort of, I ended up doing that, that transaction really late on a Friday night because I just couldn't wait anymore. I just had to, and that, that was it. It was, it was done. And um, I, I, it, once it got printed, every st- step is, I think this is actually an important point. I think for anybody going through a transition, probably you had this with the book too, is if I had realized that I was writing a book and that I would like be leaving the job that I, I quite enjoyed and launching a whole new business, I would never have done it. Hmm. But I didn't know that. In the moment I knew that I just had to finish the book, I knew I had X amount of dollars that I needed to send to China to print. I knew I had to then take pictures um, and then the things started happening. Like I needed to take pictures of the product so I could build a website. And the week the book arrived, this random friend from Vancouver who I'd met on a yoga retreat reached out and said, Hey, I'm in town for lunch. And she's a photographer. So she took the picture. Like every, there was a lot of that kind of experience of 
just the right people showing up at the right moment. And wow. I just, I've learned to just trust that. And that's been the case for, um, for the whole experience of building this company. It's incredible. I'm just reading a couple, there's, there's quotes throughout the Brave Journal. One of them by uh, John A. Shedd, he says, a ship is safe in harbor, but that's not what ships are for. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. <laughs> and as you're just describing this, it's like, yeah, you you weren't born to be in mediocrity and to keep your journal in the desk. It was like there was a part of you that really needed to follow this burning desire, which I so appreciate. Um, tell me, like, once it got manufactured and published and put out there, distributed, like, what's been the impact that you're experiencing from people um, partaking in the Brave Journal? What do you what have you yeah. noticed? You know, it's. I think I didn't take it as serious, seriously initially. It was kind of, I'm just going to sell it online and it's going to be fine. And then all these different things started to happen. One of the most impactful for me was I wrote this very much with the intent of someone like me. Um, but I had a, a guy come up to me after I gave a workshop very early in, in the production because a friend had asked if I would. And he, um, he had been someone who had relapsed. Um, after being uh, alcohol and sub he was a, a, a drug user and um, had been sober, I think, for almost 20 plus years. Wow. And he just happened to be in this workshop because his girlfriend made him come. And I did notice him. He was sort of sitting at the back with his cap down. Really, you know, you're trying to engage the room and you're just not interested. Mm. And he came up to me at the end and I uh, had tears in his eyes. And he's like, this is exactly what I need. This is kind of like AA. This is a process that I can follow. And he did. And I've stayed in touch with him. He doesn't even live here. He lives in California. And um, he he was, he was said this really helped him get back on track. It was this one-off relapse where he was, the reason this um, girlfriend had dragged him onto into this workshop is she was worried it was going to become another pattern. Mm. So there was very much this feeling of like, if I just created it for this one person, it was worth it. Wow. But it kept coming up and people were asking, do you know, do you go deeper? The book is, or the journal is 21 days and it's very much an, an, a high level. This is an experience of what it's like to move out of your comfort zone. Um, but I think for many of us, and the reason why the coaching industry is so big is because people need a little bit more of that and they need a bit more of the accountability. And I got a lot of requests for, would you coach me in this? And particularly one area uh, which is where my my mess. It was the mid-career transition. Yeah. Uh, so I've had people say, look, I use this book to get a pay rise and now I don't know what to do in the first 90 days of my <laughs> new job. And, you know, that kind of thing. And, and there were so many that I started to really look at this as, um, is this is this something I should I should really look at as, a, as maybe my next phase? Because the reason I created this is what am I going to be doing when I'm 50? <laughs> and it started, it almost like it called me in. Um, the most interesting was that there was a Dutch, two guys in the Netherlands who um, who kept buying books, but like buying 50, 100 books at a time. Oh, wow. And they are trainers, they're, they're coaches, and they use them in executive coaching. And that for me was the universe going, uh, if other people who are in this business can find value in your product, maybe you can too. Oh, isn't that amazing? <laughs> yeah. And so it was like the final kind of thing for me to realize, look, they, they even just getting the compliment from them seemed initially enough. And um, when they when after speaking to them, I was like, I got to do this. So I you know, rented out my apartment in downtown Toronto, moved in with family and started to really 
build this into a full-time business after that meeting. And that's kind of where I am right now. Wow. You know, as you're speaking, I can hear the, um, the beautiful mix between somebody that really understands how to create a product and your background in marketing. And I can also hear the heart of you that created this from that place of intention and of, um, just really honoring, like taking off the mask and honoring your soul, your soul purpose. Thank you. I, I, I think, oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to share that um, one of the things that I think is important, there's so much, if you're in, anyone who is interested in the world of self-development or is taking courses, I, I there's a lot of snake oil sale, salesmen out there. There's a lot of people telling you, do it this way and this is how I do it. And one of the things that there are, are, but they're few and far between, are the people who are in the work themselves. Mm-hmm. Like the real coaches, the ones who really bring value, are the ones who are in the mess, who are in the ring with you. And I felt very, it's very important that if I'm going to talk about something like this, that I need to get into, inte- into integrity with myself and do it as mm-hmm. well. Wow. How do you keep yourself connected to the mess or being in the arena of it um, while you're running the business? Well, uh, so it, for me, what it meant is I need to actually go and launch this, do the thing that scares me. What is the thing that scares me? It was the thing that eight years ago, I think I moved to Canada with the intention to do. And then someone offered me a great job and got stuck into the, literally, I had been living in London. And within six weeks, I replicated my entire life from London, hmm. right down to working with a, a, for a woman whose name began with C, like literally my entire life. Wow. And I realized that it's that's that that was a safety place. I, I'm lucky that I had a skill set that was employable and that I like to do, hmm. but it was not what I was meant to do. So I had to make a circumstance that would allow me to really go into this thing that scared me. And it was entrepreneurship. It was I kind of blew up my whole life in the sense of I um, rented out my apartment. I sold, I would say, 95 percent of my belongings in August. Um, wow. I took a trip over to the Netherlands to visit the people who use my book and, and started with teach me to do what you do with the book. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Amazing. And so that kind of launched the journey. I found, I decided I wanted to train as a coach to have a professional designation. So I started working with CTI as well and going through the training uh, for certification. And I just, I then went to my boss at the role I was playing was I had left agency about three years ago. And for the last three years, I've been in a job that I really love. Um, I was working with the Union Station in, in downtown Toronto, it's the biggest and busiest building in, in Canada, uh, and doing the marketing for, for the, the project. And I went to my boss and was really honest with him after the trip to the Netherlands and said, look, would you be open to this? Um, and, and that's so I, I've basically, I'm now living the thing that scares me. And funnily enough, even through the coaching, I've realized that there are things that I would have said a couple months ago that I now know, no, that's not going to work. It has to look like this if you're in it. Mm-hmm. So it, I'm going through it in the, maybe I'd say a, a couple months ahead of the people who I'm coaching. And it's, um, I'm living in integrity with the message that I've put out into the world, which I don't know if that was true when I first had the journal. It's very easy to say you're be brave, but I was in a still a very comfortable position. Yeah, isn't that true? It's like we write what we need the most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hear that. Sure. Wow. I, I also want to hear from you a little bit more about um, the process that people go through when they go through this brave journal process. Um, how does it look? Like, what what do people actually? Is there like um, a sequence that you go through as you're making your way through yeah. the journal? Yeah, I mean, the the first thing that I. I uh, 
the first chapter is really getting very clear on where you're going. Mm. I think a lot of us don't take that time to have the future vision of what does it look like? Where do, where do I want to end up in 21 days? And what is the specific thing? Because we probably all have a few things that we want to work on, but we, you got to just pick one. So the first thing is the power of concise decision-making. And I think this is something that I learned in an executive role for so long is the people who go rise to the top are the ones who make the best decisions and make it clearly and don't question themselves. Mm. So I, that is at the beginning, which is, look, are we going to work on your weight? Are we going to work on your career? What is it? Just decide. You can work on something else in 21 days, but just pick one for now. And, and why, on. why one, just out of curiosity? Because they're the power of focus. Mm. So if you actually spend time on one specific activity for a, 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 a finite amount of time, you will move in that area in a direction much quicker than if you're trying to do five things. Multitasking doesn't work. Fair enough. <laughs> so, this is reminding me to, that I should read one book at a time instead of five by my bedside <laughs> as an exactly. example. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's it. It was just, it's, it's a, that is one of those universal laws that I'm, I'm, um, that I talk about in the book because I know that is true. I know it's true from my experience and I've observed it in the, the leaders that I've had around me. Um, and, and you can see it in the leaders in society, the ones who focus on one thing, get that thing done. Incredible. So the first step of this process is to get focused. That's it. Exactly. And then what? <laughs> I'm so intrigued. <laughs> then you, you, so you've picked your area and then you start the future visioning. Then you go, okay, what does it look like? What does success look like? If you have to be able to measure where you're going. So if it's weight loss, for example, I'm going to lose in 21 days is probably a couple pounds, or I'm going to start exercising and make that a habit or, or whatever the thing is, you need to be able to measure it so that when you get there, you know that you got there. Mm, right. Clear vision. Yeah, exactly. Then there's a process that I call the brave bet process. And it's really kind of getting into what can also be called a purpose statement or a life mission statement. So the, the idea of the brave bet is this is my, this is my stake in the ground. This is what I'm going to say yes to. And this is the, also the, the thing that allows me to say no to everything else. Because oh. you're going to have to say no to things in order to say yes to this. Right. Which like, is so hard to say so no hard. to say it's in order to say yes. It's uh, wow. It is and it isn't. So I, uh, this, is, this is something that I've actually come up to a, a bit more recently. I, didn't, I wasn't able to, to really understand this before, which is the, the right things are easy to say yes to. If your thing isn't powerful enough, it's because it, it isn't really the thing you want. You don't have enough reasons around it. Mm. So it's a should and not a I must do. Oh. The, the whole wow. The purpose of the brave bet is really like what is the thing and, and and the way to get there is like what does life look like later? You have to give yourself a true future vision. Where am I actually going and and why? Because that why is what's going to make you get up at five in the morning to write or to go to bed early and not watch Netflix because you need to be at this meeting or at this workout class in the morning. What advice would you give somebody that is um, having a hard time seeing the future from where they're sitting as they jump into this? I think so in, the, in the book, I go through a bit of that process, but I also think you, you need to just really visualize in the sense of getting very clear on what that, what it looks like, what it feels like, uh. it, it needs to become real to you. So I'll give you an example for me. When I started to have this idea of doing a business, the idea of being an entrepreneur, I, my parents are not entrepreneurs. I don't have any in the family. It was, 
it is so foreign hmm. uh, and seems so insane financially that I, uh, I just I couldn't even imagine it. So hmm. I immersed myself in the research of it. I looked at people who I admire who are entrepreneurs of product companies, people who have made success of it. What do they look like? What are their routines look like? What, are, what is basically my future self going to be doing with their time? Hmm. And I created that routine and I went to the level of, I wrote it out as if I was like, this is our thankful, this is our Christmas thank you on December 2020. Oh, and wow. I listened to it every day. And I got into the mindset of what is this, what does it look like to embody this totally? So what do I dress like, et cetera? You, it's basically a thousand questions around the why oh, wow. of, of who you are, because that is that image, that feeling in your body, that is the thing that's going to bring it forward. And it needs to be that powerful. Otherwise, you just won't do it. Netflix is so much easier to watch than, than you know, getting up at five in the morning or whatever. You, you have to actually create it. And there is a process to go through. And it's, it's not in the Brave Journal. It's actually something that I'm doing now with, with my coaching clients because I realize that if, if that process is not totally clear um, and you've not experienced it before, you need someone to walk you through it initially. And so that is actually the work that I'm doing now. Oh, interesting. Yeah, well, I imagine that a lot of the visioning for the future isn't going to come from just our busy thinking mind. Like we've got to deepen into probably our unconscious mind, the part of us that... Um, is connected to intuition and, and spirit and heart and that That's place. Right. Yeah, yeah, which it and can be hard to access if you have never done it or you're not used to doing be. it. Exactly. And and there's different ways. You know, I um, I found that for me, one of the things that's important is to go for uh, a walk. Like the meditative walks is mm. really, and I know you talk about this actually in your book as well. And it, it is for me where I do that thinking. Um, and it, and if for others, it might be that they have to write it out. But I, one of the processes that I find incredibly powerful is um, Earl Nightingale, one of the fathers of this, this kind of movement. He talks about this where in uh, leading the field where you, he would get up very early when the house was still empty, have an empty legal pad in front of him and write down a question at the, at the top of the page. And it was a question that he was dealing with at that time. And just his whole thing was writing down a bunch of ideas. Um, because even if you wrote down 100 ideas, 95 of them might be garbage, hmm. 97 of them might be garbage, but three might actually bring him more money at some point. Wow. So his whole, I think there's a lot to do with the, the power of questions, powerful questions. And um, for me, letting the brain just empty uh, or letting the brain focus on one thing, um, the, the work that I feel to do the visioning to get clear uh, and even to access the unconscious is to go through the one question, focus first. Mm. That gives you direction. And then the ideas start to come up in the time that you're silent. But you need to first kind of put a stake in the ground, if you will. Right. So I'm hearing it's like to get into that space of intention um, is going to really help you in terms of visioning and getting focused. It's like it, it's, mm -hmm. you've got to slow down and get present. Is what I'm hearing. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Cool. Uh, that that's what I I feel. It certainly worked for me. It's worked with others uh, that have worked with me. So I I, I feel there's a truth to um, quiet quieting the mind to just one question yep. and to just focusing on it. Right on. So then you get the vision. Then then what happens? <laughs> What's the next step? <laughs> this is so fascinating to me. <laughs> well, it, it all depends on on the person. But uh, I think for me, once you get a, a clarity of your vision, the path starts to come up with it. So then your job is to capture it. So 
Huh. Let's say you you you're you have a very clear idea that you want to um, move to California. So that's that's clarity on the vision. So funny so you say that. That has actually been my literal vision for the last little oh, really? bit. Well, for well, at least for at least four months of the year because I live in Winterpeg and it's quite cold here in January. So Cal- <laughs> honestly, that's those, you took my words. It's <laughs> mind blowing. So Amazing. Let's go I'm with that. That. <laughs> that might have been luck, but so that that's a good one because there's. There's uh, the idea of moving to California has, there's a clarity, there's two sides to it, I guess. There's the emotional side where you're going to get into that, what I was talking about earlier, the vision and the the feeling of what it looks like to walk on the beach in the morning or to go to this coffee shop and, you know, what you're going to wear when you live in California versus what you wear when you're in Winnipeg in the, in, in a, on a Tuesday morning, right? Like right. you can get to that level of clarity, but then there's also the practical side. And this is, I think, where having the experience of, just having worked in companies and building up a career that, you know, the things that get done are done by practical. So what, what is it actually like? Do you need a visa? Where would you live? How much money would you need? There are about a hundred different points that you write down a hundred questions hmm. uh, coming out of that vision that is going to give you your roadmap. So once you have an idea and you have what I call your brave bet, which is putting a really affirmative present focus statement around I am so grateful that I have this opportunity to live in California, let's say. Mm -hmm. And then you have your roadmap of the 10 plus things that you need to do. With my clients, I try to, like at least in this initial phase, just work on 30. You don't need to worry about the 10,000 because you won't do it. Let's just take the 30 big ones. Mm -hmm. And some of them are things you can schedule in right now. Some of them are things that you can ask your buddy who lives there or this person who knows that person or get a bank account, who would know this and things you Google, like there's probably a bunch of them that can very quickly get off your list in, in, and in action. And then there's the bigger ones that are going to have a bunch of sub questions to them, but get them down, get your 30 questions down around this brave bet. And there's your roadmap starting to create. You don't have to worry about the 55 steps. You have to worry about the first few. That's basically uh, the, the, the the process. And that, that's true. That's the, the process I use to move to Canada um, from, from London. That was a process I had to move to London from, from Paris. Like it's just, it's, um, it, it, that's another law. Like you just, you, you start working on your to-do list. That's incredible. Right. And then I guess, is there any other steps beyond that or does it just start coming into fruition at that point? Well, then then there's the awareness part. So the big one is that all sounds wonderful and lovely. And I'm sure anyone who's hearing this is like, yeah, but that's not for me because I can't do that because la la la. And then you've got what is, I've just learned it going through the saboteur. Um, Uh, That's what CTI calls it or the coactive coaching process. But that is something that I have referred to in the Brave Bet as where do you hide? Because Mm -hmm. the minute you start, and this is another thing that the minute you start moving in a new direction, that saboteur comes out and starts telling you all the reasons why, who do you think you are? <laughs> like I threw the book in the drawer for that reason. And it's, um, we all have it. And the, the thing in the book that I, I, I focus on is really just, you don't have to not, you don't, you don't have to listen to it. You just have to be aware of it. And you can still indulge in all of the places that you hide. Like if it is Netflix or social media or whatever your thing is, just set a timer for it. Mm. And that's it. So I, I don't believe in, in not di- – discipline is a wonderful thing. I think there's so many people and there's so much information about out there in the world saying how to do it and go through. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm a human and I, I can't I, – I need to be able to indulge in those things. If I'm cutting myself off, all I want to do is watch Netflix and 
scroll Facebook or whatever it is. It's true. <laughs> so I would say, allow yourself to do it. Just notice, just start to notice where you're hiding from the things on your list. You now have 30 actions that are going to move you towards your goal of moving to California. So just notice when you're, what, where you're kind of trading off your, your goal. Hmm. Right. Checking out instead of checking in. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Right. And then the, the step after that is actually in the 21 days of the journal at the back. It's something that I've done with clients as well. It's in a bit more of a customized way, but basically there's your next simple step. And then there's something I call a brave builder. And so the coaching program that I now have is called brave builder because what it actually is, is it's building up your, your muscle. You know, you can't necessarily move to California tomorrow with no, well, you could, it would be a very painful experience, but. Um, <laughs> you think so? I'm not but, sure if it will be, but <laughs> it could be. <laughs> maybe weather-wise, no, but yes. you know, it, it's, well, you know, who am I to say? Maybe, maybe it'd be awesome. Who knows? I could totally, would, although it's beautiful weather today in Toronto, I, um, <laughs> who, who knows? But um, I do, I think that there's a, a lot of power in exercising your brave muscles because not many of us get to use them all the time. Hmm. So each day over the 21 days in the journal um, is there's specific exercises to practice that. And some of them are little things like, Hey, if you are left-handed, start brushing your teeth with the right hand and just notice how, how it feels. And, and that's about changing your perception and starting to just get curious about where you do things because you think you should. There's uh, some of how you invented in your head that's the that's right and not necessarily wrong. Wow. Is that ever interesting? <laughs> so brushing your teeth with the other hand. What is some are there other ones? Like that's so cool. Yeah, there, there's a, a bunch of them and they kind of get progressively scarier and scarier. So um, you know, you start I think that's one of the first ones that you have, but then there's learn a new skill, take a new new walk route to work or just it's all about noticing your your bigger obstacles and growing out of your um of your comfort zone and getting more and more comfortable wow i'm just i just reading one that says head to your local coffee shop go in there and lie on the floor for 10 seconds scary <laughs> yes worth it in proving you can withstand your discomfort absolutely that would be I awkward <laughs> it's super awkward i think that's the the last one this is the last one one of the ones towards the end but the the whole intention of it is that this perception of what's scary and what isn't it changes when you do more if you, if you, if you told me that i would be you know running my own business uh, this time last year i would have told you oh, hell no i I'm, there's no way in hell yeah but here I am because I took little steps. I, well, the first step for me was renting out my my apartment so that I felt well. At least the mortgage is taken care of. Right. So, wow. you know, and then it, it was. And I I think there's something to that process where you if you do it in a, in a smart, measurable way, you're not like I'm not telling people to blow up their lives. That is not necessarily the best approach. It may be the right one for you, but that's not the advice that I I feel is. Uh, sound to give right. but I will share you, with you to keep pushing you every day to do something that would you know three weeks ago might have been uncomfortable but you can do today and then in, in six weeks from now imagine the thing you can do if you continue to move out of your comfort zone right well it takes fierce courage and aliveness to really do what you're d suggesting but this idea of building out our brave muscles I mean how awesome and it, it kind of enhances as well the, the focused part I imagine that we've set out to do to prove, mm -hmm. that, to prove that we can actually accomplish what, we, what we're what we setting out to do. That's what I'm getting from yeah. this. 
And, and I, I love that you say um, aliveness because that is, for me, the result that's come from it is that, and that the whole feeling of feeling stuck in a rut, which I talk about in the book, and that, that came up to a lot of people who contacted me is just, I just feel stuck and I don't know what to do. Mm. And the antidote to feeling stuck is to take action, to change your state. And I think Tony Robbins even talked about that 20 years ago. And, and that's what it is. It's just moving in a new direction. And all of a sudden, as you start to do that, you feel alive again. We're innate. It's an innate human experience that um, you are moving forward and you feel it. Mm, wow. So right now, if you just look at your own life, what's, um, what's your current focus? So it's actually this week, I am uh, launching CourageCreator.com, which is where the Brave Journal is sold. It looks like a product um, website at the moment. Okay. Uh, but in, as of this week, it will uh, evolve to have the Brave Builder offering as well, and the one-to-one coaching. And that was the work that I felt very pulled into do. And it just, it's being another experience of flow the way the journal was that I, the more I started to take steps towards doing it, to actually bring in the first clients, the more people just randomly contacted me and said, I'd like to work with you. And can we do this? And mm. people from my life in the UK, people in the Netherlands, I'm going back in, in um, next week, coronavirus pending to uh, <laughs> spend time with, with my partners over there because who my best clients have now become my partners uh, in the sense of that we are working together to evolve a new version of the journal specifically for corporations because that's the kind of work that they really do and in particularly the team context. So wow. we're taking elements of the journal and really building out um, a, a new process, which has been really fascinating experience to do. So I, I spent a lot of my time um, building out that work with them um, and just working with my clients and building this leadership coaching business, which is, you know, it, it's scary as well because I, um, I, I didn't, if you look in the Brave Journal, my name isn't even in it. It's I noticed. In one place. Yeah. And it was because I very much felt like an imposter doing it where mm. a coaching business is the opposite. People are buying you, they're buying your face, they're buying your story and it's also kind of a moment for me of a milestone of my own integrity that I am now living the story that I'm sharing and I, my face is on everything. And it, it's, it, you know, I didn't even want my picture taken when this book was first produced. And, and that was kind of two years ago. So to even notice my own growth, I'm in a very much a moment over the last few days where I'm like, wow, this is really interesting to observe um, the embodiment of the thing that I'm putting out into the world as well. So I'm proud yeah. of myself at the moment. <laughs> yeah, you're creating some serious courage through doing this, this next uh, phase of what you've started. And it's, uh, it's absolutely amazing. I, I love what you're putting out in the world. And Thank when you. I first learned of it, I was just like, I got to have Vanessa on my podcast because she is <laughs> has this amazing project. And, and if you're just tuning in, we're talking to Vanessa McDonald, Courage Creator. And um, if people want to... Uh, pick up a brave journal or learn more about your coaching services. It sounds like they can go to couragecreator.com. Is that correct? That's right. Okay. Yeah, everything's there. Fantastic. Wow. Well, I'm just uh, cheering you on a hundred percent and just really excited to see where this journey will continue to lead you and all the people that are um, entering into this process as well of the brave journal. I mean, what a incredible way to start moving into transformation and living your best life and on purpose. So. Thank you for joining us here, Vanessa. It's uh, It's been a pleasure to chat with you today. Thank you so much. I um, I wanted to just leave you with one thing, which is that in these times of fear, 
this for me is love is always the answer, but courage is the antidote. So I hope that as many people as possible will just check in with their own inner self and know that there, this is how, this is the path out for all of us to just really embody our own inner leader. And um, I'm grateful that this idea came to me, but I know that it, it can be something that's so much larger with other people um, doing the same work. So I appreciate the, uh, the space to talk about it. Oh, thank you. Thanks for being such a leader too and uh, reminding us to rise up even though we have fear and to move towards love with courage. It's a beautiful, beautiful message you're putting out there. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Well, I hope that inspired you as much as it did me. I'm sitting here with a brave journal in my hand and I'm really looking forward to deepening my awareness of the next phase of my life purpose. And I'm curious to know what yours is too. What are you dreaming about these days and what seems scary but awesome to go towards for you? Let me know. You can stay in touch with me at keithmcpherson.ca. That's my website. And until next time, everybody, we'll see you at the next episode of Let's Connect.